0: This episode of the Big Brother Jake Podcast is brought to you by Fabulista Cookies. Their products are freshly measured, mixed, baked, and packaged. You can be sure that the goodies you receive have not been sitting pre-made for days, because that's just gross. A freshness and unfabricated homemade quality awaits you. Let nostalgia be your friend, your transporter, your memory rouser. Go to FabulistaCookies.com and let them know the Big Brother Jake Podcast sent you. Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check check this joint out out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am.
1: Jake! Live from the Big Brother bungalow in Southern California.
0: Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with
1: you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast.
0: Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, my government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on soundcloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio and now Pandora Radio. Type in the keyword search, The Big Brother Jake Podcast, and boom, you're in there. Good to be back, y'all. Hope you had a great week since the last time we uh, checked in with each other. Want to give a special shout-out to the homeboy, Pete Dub, a.k.a. Paul Wilson, for coming on the Big Brother Jake podcast. We had a good time, a real good time, and I'm a jackass at the expense of somebody for that good time. I'll explain here in the first segment. Second segment, uh, got to show love to the one and only Tommy Lasorda. Um, for those that don't know, Tommy Lasorda, Uh, Died of an apparent heart attack um, last week. And Los Angeles is still in mourning over Mr. Lasorda. Um, He was an icon of Los Angeles, of Major League Baseball, and of course, my beloved Los Angeles Dodgers. So we'll talk about his life and my experience with him um, while I was with the Dodgers. And a little flashback to some of his antics that he was known for. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. In the third segment, we're going to have a good time. Uh, My man Noah Eagle will come on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Uh, Of course, for my friends and family and strangers that listen to the show, Noah Eagle is the Los Angeles Clippers play-by-play broadcast announcer for the radio side, but he did something that was historical. He called the first-ever game, NFL game on Nickelodeon what Nickelodeon yeah Nickelodeon so we talk about that we touch on the Clippers and we have a whole lot of fun uh as we recorded that earlier in the day so we're gonna go ahead and do that in the third segment but the first segment I have a Mia Copa y'all and I'm a jackass and I deserve this I deserve this biting me in the ass now for those that listened to the show last week, <laughs> my man Dubb and I, and it's my fault, I brought it up, all right? Um, you never know who's listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast. So I had a friend, <laughs> well, for let me set it up correctly. I was using an old schoolmate of ours as an adjective in a very mean and bully-like way. And if kids are listening, you're gonna learn a lesson here, all right? So my friend, Christopher James, shout out to Christopher James for listening to the podcast. Um, we Paul Peter, Paul and I were talking about uh a classmate of ours by the name of Nikki Draper, all right? And, you know, making fun and how he used to be and he been antagonize us and talk trash and then you know, I could just, you know, post him up in the post and knock him with my ass, you know, which I don't have much of. And, and score on him every chance I got. Like, dominate him in the paint. And I can go off for 20 and 15 and be taken out in the second half. Like, that dominant. But, that's some Al Bundy type stuff that I'm talking about. And we went on... <laughs> And said, oh, Nikki Draper, you, you know, you're a Nikki Draper, this and that. It was really mean-spirited, man. It really was. And that wasn't cool. But I was in the moment, and my goal when I have P-Dub on is to make him laugh. Because when he laughs, I start laughing. But the laugh, or laughs that we had, was definitely at the expense of others. And, (laughs) I mean, it's funny. It's funny, but... Especially if you were there, you, you kind of get the gist of why we thought it was funny. But then I get a text. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Christopher James hits me up and he says, yo, why, why y'all doing Nikki so dirty, man? I'm like, what you talking about doing Nikki dirty? We're just having fun with him, man. He's like, man, I I, I know where Nikki is and I think he'd get a kick out of what y'all were saying about him. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're gonna do stuff like that, you gotta take the pain, you know. You gotta take your medicine. If you're gonna have fun, have laughs, and try to entertain people at someone's expense, you gotta also deal with the repercussions. Now, I haven't seen Nikki since probably junior high. And if you're listening, Nikki, shout out to you, bro. Because you won. (laughs) You won. I'll explain. So Chris is like, man, y'all docked them out pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, man. It was all in fun, though, um, because we were ribbing. But but listening back to the podcast a couple times, it was kind of mean-spirited, man. And I feel bad about it now. And I'm grown grown up enough to do it. It had nothing to do with pee. It was all me. <laughs> I'm the one that was talking to trash, you know. But we were having a good time at someone else's expense, which I'm going to still do that. I'm going to still do that, but I'm going to teach you all a lesson, especially you kids out there that want to talk trash on somebody, especially on the Internet, because the Internet's forever, <laughs> and uh, podcasts are forever. I mean, I won't erase what I said. and I, You know, I, I was wrong. I was wrong for how I went about it because I was trying to be entertaining, and I'm the real loser in the whole thing because I'll explain. As much as I was talking trash, on Mr. Draper Oh excuse me <laughs> Dr. Draper Yes Nikki's the one winning at life I'm the loser working three jobs To keep my lights on <laughs> And doing a podcast for free Because I love doing it And I love what I do I don't feel inferior to anybody Because I'm living my dream I'm having a good time And I do well for myself But Dr. Draper Nick B. Draper, MD, he's no longer Nicky, he's now Nick. (laughs) He's an MD, works in family medicine and uh, in the Wisconsin area. I won't give out too much detail because I don't want you knuckleheads. I already gave out enough, but Dr. Draper has made a life for himself, and he's making a difference in his community and for mankind by being a doctor. I am Jake McNeil Warner, BS, <laughs> not the BS you would call me out on. <laughs> Bachelor's in science. I don't even, I, I I don't even have a degree that sounds good with initials after it. I don't even have the initials after my name. He got an MD. I got a WC. Who cares, you know? But I'm proud of what I've done, and I'm I'm I, I'm living my dream, and I work my ass off for it. But to entertain y'all, I did something that was messed up and I um, made fun of somebody and they didn't have it coming to them. So I'm mad enough to admit I could do that and apologize. So Dr. Nick B. Draper, congratulations on getting your doctorate or your MD, becoming a doctor and making a difference in the world. So it's now a positive thing when I say, man, you Nikki draper that test. Man, you did good, bro. (laughs) So I apologize, man, because that's not who I am. And if I'm going to publicly make fun and call you a buster, I'm also publicly show you love and say, hey, man, you know, you did the damn thing and you're making a difference in life. So congratulations on being Dr. Draper. I will no longer put foot inside mouth as far as he goes. Everything else is, uh, 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 you know, whatever. I have no problem. (laughs) I can make fun of myself. I can have a good time. Oh, I'm still going to trash talk. But I'm not going to, and not because I was afraid to get sued or anything. I don't really care about that. You could sue me, but you're only going to win all the debt that I have. You know. (laughs) But. You know, when you mess up, and especially if it's an inside joke, nobody really knows who he is. And so I, it's 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 my, hey, look, my bad. I'm a jackass. And uh, you never know who's listening. <laughs> so, Chris, man, you gave me a conscience, man, and I don't like that. But, you know, if I'm wrong, I got to be an example to my kids and to the youth out there. You know, don't go talking trash on somebody because you never know, A, who knows who, and B, what they're doing in life. And sometimes they're doing better than you, you know. He's got a family, he's good to go, he's living his life, and I congratulate Dr. Draper. So the moral of the story is, make sure you do your research. But, you shouldn't talk bad about people anyways. that don't deserve it. I'm gonna talk bad about people that do deserve it, but he's definitely not one that does. So, Nikki. Sorry, Dr. Nick Draper, I apologize for being a jackass. So, there's that. I'm mad enough to admit that. So, with that being said, (laughs) a little odd, I want to speak on somebody that means a lot to not just Los Angeles, not just the Dodgers, but the whole world. So, I'm going to spend some time and show love to the late. Oh, that sounds weird saying it, but the late, great Tommy Lasota right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. January 7th, 2021. We lost an icon. Somebody that is a legend. Legends never die. And for those that don't know, uh, Tommy Lasorda, former Dodger manager, ambassador to baseball, the hardest Dodger fan in the world, (laughs) uh, passed away from an apparent heart attack at his home in Folkerton, California. And, uh, Man, it's when I saw the news, I was watching the news. It hurt. It hurt a lot. I was very sad. I know he had been in a hospital. And I know he'd been suffering from some uh, health issues. But you always think like Tupac sometimes. You always hear, "Oh, LaSorda's not feeling good, all oh, he'll bounce back. He's a tough son of a bitch, you know? He's he's hard." But when you see a timeline under his name, as I'm watching KTLA uh, TV here in Los Angeles, saw it that morning and I was like, wow. 93 years old. He wanted to live to be 100 years old. And what I'm really happy about over everything else is he got to see the Dodgers win the World Series one last time before he left this earth. Now, there's stories about Tommy that are not flattering, and I've heard them, but there's also stories about Tommy Lasorda that are wonderful, and my personal experience, I worked for the Dodgers uh, during the 2003 and 2004 seasons and i've encountered and, and talked with mr lasorda many many times in my hundreds maybe even thousands of games i've covered there at dodger stadium and every time i saw him he was always kind to me every time i saw him he always had a smile on his face and he could be honor he could be pissed off he could be mean and that's what people loved about him. He was very um, spirited, high-spirited, very, uh, very much a, a hot ass, as they say in baseball. He was fire, fiery. My encounter was a great one. In 2003, that was my first year with the Dodgers radio broadcast. So, you know, they send us down to Vero Beach, Florida, where the Dodgers used to have spring training. At Dodgertown. And for those that have not gone to Dodgertown, as a Dodger fan, I would tell you and highly recommend that you go to Dodgertown and see all the history that Dodgertown has to offer. It's an amazing place. You can feel the history. Duke Snyder, Sandy Koufax, Jackie Robinson. Or a And I can go on and on and name a thousand Dodgers. But you feel the history. And <laughs> what I loved about Tommy Lasorda was I had an interview I had to engineer. Shout out to my man Tom Bowman. Without Tom Bowman, I would have never got to experience anything to do with Tommy Lasorda or the Dodgers. So Tom Bowman, I love you, brother. That's my big bro. And radio and life. And Tom said, hey, um, Jaime Harin, Dodgers Spanish broadcaster, which he was very close to Mr. Lasorda and very close friends with Vince Scully, he wanted to do an interview with Tommy Lasorda in our broadcast booth because we were already set up to do games and stuff. So... I was like, "Yeah, I would love to engineer that session. That'd be great." So, you hear all this commotion, and you see this, you hear this golf cart just puddling along, or you know, just just hear it, you know. And um, I look down and you see a big number two on it, and it says "Timeless Florida," so you know whose court it is, and he had no regard of where he parked that damn thing. <laughs> you know he would just pull up right to the stairs and then walk the Because where we were it's like this wooden um broadcast area and we walked up the stairs he walked up the stairs and we met him there i said like, hey, mr Lissord, it's very nice to meet you he's like hey what's your name there buddy and then, you know i told him my name's jake and a uh, big fan love the dodgers since i was born had a dodger hat on and was telling him how much this team means to me and before we even did the interview he sat with me for a good 10 minutes and discussed how much he loved Dodger baseball that you know if you are not a Dodger fan you're not going to heaven which I know I'm going to heaven because I am a Dodger fan and I'll never switch it up and just telling me about you know Jackie Robinson and the history of the Dodgers and then talked about his times during man, you know being a manager His highs, no lows, all highs with the Dodgers. And that um, he wants to make sure he sees one more championship or one more World Series ring before he dies. And so it was just an amazing conversation. I asked for a pitcher. He obliged, no problem. Uh, I had three baseballs that um, I wanted to sign for some very close friends of mine, and he did that without hesitation. And it was like the greatest moment. And that was like day two that I was there at Dodger, uh, uh, Dodger Town, and so hanging out with him and Jaime Harin and them doing a broadcast. Little did I know how much I mean I knew Tommy knew a lot of Spanish because you know dealing with uh, Latino players. He's damn good. He's damn good, and they had a fluid conversation. Didn't have to stop or translate or anything. And I'm sitting there in awe. In front of this mixing console, in my headphones, I'm listening to two historical figures of the Dodgers that have seen a lot of everything that's happened with that team. And it was amazing. And it was a good time. And I had a lot of fun that day. Late February, 2003. Tommy... We'll embellish some stories because we'd be on a, you know, he would invite us sometimes uh, in the dining room there at uh, Vero Beach. You know, he never liked to be alone from what I saw. So if I saw him and we met eyes, he'd ask me to come sit with him and eat, which was great. I would like, oh, damn, I'm going to break bread with Tom Sword. And, you know, I, even in the small time I was at Vero Beach, He's repeating stories, but I'm I'm enjoying it. Even Clayton Kershaw, he was quoted as saying something similar, and that, that was his Tommy though. But I cherish those moments because it was for my grandfather, it was for my great grandmother, it was for my dad that was a Dodger fan, it's for all my friends back home in San Bernardino, in Los Angeles that were Dodger fans. I'm sitting there representing them, listening to these stories. Because they can't be there, so I'm there representing. And those moments were great. Some of the plane rides, you just hear him talking the whole time. You just wish you could sleep. But <laughs> well, you're not going to tell that man to quiet down. Nobody is. So you sit there and let him yap it up. But he's a great ambassador for not only the Dodgers, for but for baseball. And I'm going to age myself a little bit, but for those that used to watch the baseball bunch, and you see Tommy Lasorda on there, you know, in his costume looking all crazy. If you had a Sega Genesis, you were playing Tommy Lasorda baseball. And some of his classic rants. I could play a million of them, but this is my favorite one. Um, He was asked about Dave Kingman and his three-home-run performance against the Dodgers. And in classic Tommy Lasorda fashion, I had to, I, man, I put the bleep machine to work on this piece of audio, but, but check it out. You're going to laugh.
2: Can you give us just a few basic comments about your feelings on the game? Mm-hmm. Well, naturally, I feel bad about losing a ballgame like that. There's, uh, there's no way you should lose that ballgame. But uh, just doesn't make sense. What's I'm your just, opinion of Kingman's before? What's my opinion of King's performance? What the f you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f put that in. I don't f opinion of his performance. He beat us with three f home runs. What the f can you mean? What is my opinion of his performance? How could you ask me a question like that? What is my opinion of his of of his performance? He hit three home runs. I'm f off to lose a f game. And you asked me my opinion of his performance. I mean, I that's a to. tough question to ask me, isn't it? What is my opinion of his performance? Yes, it is. I asked it and you gave me an answer. Well, I didn't give you a good answer because I'm mad, but I mean, well, that wasn't a good question. That's a tough question to ask me right now. What is my opinion of his performance? I mean, you want me to tell you what my opinion of his performance is? They just did. That's right. Guy hits three
0: home runs against us. <laughs> Performance? Yeah, you that that wasn't a good question. But you know, so Tommy was straight up and he answered it the way he does. But I'm gonna miss seeing him in his favorite seat, sitting near Magic Johnson. You saw the pictures with him and Kobe Bryant. You know, he's just one hell of a guy that loved loved baseball, loved his Dodgers, and Los Angeles is in mourning over it still. And they will be for a long time. It'll be the first season that I remember in my whole life not seeing him at Dodger Stadium in one capacity or the other. He loved the game. He loved kids. He loved the kids. And I have a lot of friends that um, got to meet Tommy Lasorda, and they all had children. And he would always just love to talk to kids about baseball and tell them how great the sport is. And that's going to be missed. You know, you'd see him driving around, being carted around Dodger Stadium inside the concourse never, from what i witnessed in the times I've been around him, never said no to anybody for a picture or autograph. If you were pushy about it or you got in the way of a kid, he'll call your ass out too. Hey, that kid is there. Don't push the kid out the way. know, I'm not giving you an autograph. That I loved. He loved to see the kids get excited. And he'd sign autographs and take pictures. And one of the things about Tommy Lasorda that I liked, I can't stand X's and O's as far as, you know, like managerial stuff. I don't like it. I don't like X's and O's. Tommy Lasorda managed from his gut. Tommy Lasorda had no problem gambling and taking chances. That's what made him successful. And that's why everyone loved him. He was going to ride hard for his boys, ride hard for the team. He was Dodger Blue. He was the ultimate Dodger. And he will definitely be missed. His presence was always felt. But his spirit will live on. Because legends never die. And Tommy Lasorda was a legend. He was always good to me. I would never bow down like most people. Oh, Mister You know. If he would talk rude, I'd be like, please don't talk to me like that. And I got respect that way. I mean, <laughs> he, <laughs> he didn't like the fact that I was like not in awe or would bow down or whatever. But he showed respect. He said, man, if you're not going to take my trash, you ain't going to take anybody's trash. I like you. We hit it off. You know, so I was fortunate enough to make a couple plane rides, you know, with him. Share a couple cabs with him. Leaving the ballpark. Yes, I paid for it. (laughs) Those that know, know Tommy ain't reaching in his wallet for nothing. But it's all love. And I didn't mind. I didn't mind because he provided many years of, of memories for me as a Dodger fan. So it was only fine with me that I would show respect to him, pay the cab fare and a couple dinners, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I cried like a baby on January 7th that morning. I was hurting because that's just another sign of things are changing. We're all getting older. Not promised tomorrow. And he lived a damn good life. 93. Can't beat that. So to the Lasorda family, I uh, send my thoughts and prayers, all my positive vibes your way. We lost a great one. We lost a great one. And it doesn't matter what team you like or hate. The one consummate that everybody will say is that they had mad respect for Tommy Lasorda. I mean, there's a few jackasses I saw on Twitter to being disrespectful. And I had no problem speaking up to those people. I don't know who they are, but I'm a ride for Tommy. I'm a ride for my Dodgers. But he was revered by everyone that loved baseball. And he was a philanthropist, and he gave to charity, and he did charitable work. That man was on a plane, even in his older years, flying across the country, Speaking at different gatherings, charity events, and stuff like that. But always let everyone know he was true blue, a Dodger, and bled Dodger blue. So thank you, Tommy, for all the great memories. Thank you for being one of the best managers in all baseball and the best manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers and Tommy you'll most definitely be missed you're listening to the Big
1: Brother Jake podcast here's a throw down Trubisky again it's caught but it is broken up Montgomery put it on the deck it's scooped up New Orleans has taken it back Malcolm Jenkins to-
0: Let's go. All right, what well you heard right there, courtesy of Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon? <laughs> My man <laughs> on the call. Good friend of mine working uh for the Clippers Radio Network and did play by play for Nickelodeon! NFL <laughs> football going on. My man Noah Eagle is in the building. What's good, Noah?
1: Jake, what's happening, man? I missed you the other day. Truly, truly missed you the other day. It wasn't the same. I'll it, tell you that.
0: It was weird not being next to you. I mean, my man Josh Lewin did a great job, but you're 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 like a brother to me, man. So it's like my family's not here. But yes, you were missed. <laughs> but you had a good reason to play hooky that day. Uh, you called the first ever NFL game on Nickelodeon. How was that, man?
1: It was awesome. It was a ton of fun. Uh, you know when I, when the Simon was brought to my attention and they asked me if i was interested i mean you know me jake you know that even during the clipper games i like to uh, randomly drop a reference or yes. something I, mostly <laughs> i'll be honest i mostly i mostly do a lot of that stuff just to make you laugh like i well, and i, I laugh just, a I lot just see if I can, <laughs> yeah i just see if i can make you laugh during the game so for example <laughs> Me saying someone missed like Philip Seymour Hoffman in the Long Came Polly that, that hits a chord <laughs> that, on people,
0: that got you know, ice man, yeah, that hits <laughs>
1: raindrops. You know, everybody can now picture exactly what they saw in a legendary scene, right? Uh, so, so for me, this was right up my alley because it combined the two things that I love maybe the most, which are sports and entertainment, all into yes. one bundled broadcast. And so, yeah, you know, the the saying is. Um, you're built for this. Like I felt like I was built for it, <laughs> and so I just went out and, and was myself, and that was exactly what they asked me to do. Uh, and and the biggest takeaway that I think we all had was people seemed to really take how much fun we were having because yes. we had a blast doing it.
0: Sounded myself, like it.
1: yeah, yeah, myself, Nate Burleson, Gabby Navea Green, Lex Lumpkin. So we got two sports people and then two Nickelodeon kids. And those two kids were stars. Nate Burleson, you can't say enough about him. There are not enough superlatives to describe him. <laughs> I mean the dude is as nice a guy as you'll find and he's as talented a dude as you're gonna find. And so having him and having those two kids that helped me just it helped me look good. Like they helped <laughs> me look good because they were so good. Um so it was it was a lot of fun and it was really, really cool to be a part of.
0: You guys had a lot of chemistry off the bat, and that's what I loved. And what I loved about it, because I went back and I watched a good portion of it. I love the fact that you made it easy to follow, yet you weren't talking down to the kids. It's like you were talking to them, but not talking down to them. It, it, it made it very easy to follow, for even for my kids when they saw it. So I, I, that's one thing I took away from that broadcast.
1: Well, I appreciate that. You know, that was our, I would say, our biggest concern. It wasn't even necessarily a concern, but really our biggest goal going in was, okay, we need to be able to blend calling the actual game when it calls for it because it's an NFL playoff game right it's a big deal right but but at the same time we know our target audience, many of them maybe have never seen a football game before right So we need to do it in a way where everybody is going to understand what's happening and that was a general consensus of messages that I got after the game. A lot of people who say they don't normally watch football said this was the first time they got to watch it and really enjoy what was happening. Because we described enough of the rules and enough of, okay, this needs to happen here so that they could understand what they were seeing out on the screen. And that was, I would say that's what I felt probably, there were a lot of things we felt good about after, but for all of us, I think that was right towards the top of the list because that was such a big concern for us going in of, okay, how are we going to blend those lines so that we are doing the game call, but at the same time, we're welcoming in
0: everybody. Absolutely, and, and that's what I loved about it. I mean, even an adult like myself, barely, only, you know, mentally I'm not, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, that's what, what what made it so great. You guys were able to call to action, didn't miss anything, and you were still able to get in your references and, and, and make it very suitable for kids as well. Uh, so that's why I think it worked so well. Did you think, Noah, in your heart of hearts, that it would be so talked about like it is right now
1: yeah i think we we knew that it was going to hit some sort of chord with people but Mm -hmm. i think that we were all surprised the level of of positive reaction that it got to the widespread level uh the amount of texts and tweets and all that stuff that we all got that was a little surprising and it was i just saw a rating it was the most watched show on nickelodeon in over four years oh wow i mean that's It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome to be a part of. Uh, So I think, yeah, it really hit people. And I think what we didn't anticipate was how many adults, like you said, were going to enjoy it. Yeah, and there were a lot of people that reached out to myself and people in my family and uh, to all of us that were on the show and said. I just was going to tune in for a drive just because I was curious and I stayed for a whole half. <laughs> and that's like the best compliment that we could receive because that means that we captivated people yes. and we hit something and they were reminiscing about their childhood. I think that's what ended up getting a lot of the anywhere from mid-20s to mid-50s of people. Like They liked the fact that and that was where Nate and I, I think, came in handy uh-huh. to some extent. Was that we could go back and reference stuff from their childhood. Yes. And so now, now they're going deep in the crevices of their brain and their mind <laughs> and their memory, and they're like, "Oh man, you know, double there. I love that. Yes. Oh, Keenan <laughs> and Kel, orange soda. Yes. Like so, we could go. We could go deep into those, and Nate could go even deeper into like the the origins of Nickelodeon. Oh yeah. So. And I said this on the broadcast, but one of my favorite parts when preparing for the game, because we got to ask a bunch of players their favorite Nickelodeon shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. My favorite one of my favorite things that I realized was how many generations Nickelodeon has actually touched. Oh, yes. And you go way before me, then you've got my generation, now you've got the next generation. So I split those differences and I can reach both backwards and forwards to try to. Uh, find common ground with people all across the country, which is one of my favorite things to do.
0: And, and you guys did touch that. Like, for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> only no. physically, only physically. Yeah, no, Mentally, no, no. Mentally, we're the same. We're about the same age, but you're way more mature than I am or ever was at 23 <laughs> years old. But I'll say this much. I remember, I, I love Nickelodeon. I, to this day, I love Nickelodeon. My favorite show, see, I'm gonna age myself really bad, was a show called "You Can't Do That on Television," which yeah, is where the origins of the 100%. slime came from. Yes, so anytime you said water or I don't know, you get in the water, you get in the slime. So every time I see slime, it, it kind of like takes me back to my childhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was
1: I was at some point trying to to drop a I don't know reference <laughs> to that. I was there was it was it was in the queue. Uh, we just ran out of time. Like I had part of my preparation as well so i prepare for the game for real
0: of course you know i got all
1: my all my football prep down i got all the players in Mm -hmm. i made sure i had all that stuff ready to go so that when the game when we had to call the game i could do that but then my other part of the preparation and this was the fun part was just going back and watching shows i used to watch clips i used to watch (laughs) and so i saw all that stuff but i even went back way further and so i had I had hundreds of references up in my brain just because I refreshed myself. Right. So that was one. I was I was trying to somehow squeeze in like, oh, I don't know, and see if anyone realized, but it just it just didn't fit in right. within the the flow of the game when we uh, when we got down to it. So maybe if there's next time, we can uh, we can get that in there.
0: I would love to see you next time. I think this was a hit, man, because I actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna tell myself a little bit. I was watching, you know, <laughs> on my phone, your guys' broadcast while I'm working, doing the Clipper game. Yeah, I shouldn't be saying that, but <laughs> I, I had the support, bro. I had the support, and, and I had the audio on with another, like, little earpiece in with my other headphones on. So I'm doing two things at once, and you guys covered it so well. Like, I was very happy to see how everything went I was very happy for you because it sounded like you had such a good time like you do every night when we work together but you you just re- you were really well prepared as always and you sounded like you had so much fun
1: yeah man it was uh, I could really I could feel your presence when we were doing <laughs> I, could, I, I in my brain my the back of my brain was telling me. Uh, big brother Jake, he's watching on his phone. He's watching You're on his doing phone. Right. And yeah, yeah. I felt it. I felt <laughs> it, man. I felt the support as usual. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was truly, we truly had a blast. And I think that was the biggest thing people seemed to take away was they were watching, they said, Man, this is this is a fun broadcast. I yes. don't normally get this. Yes. And that's that's really what you want. And and you know me, that's what I want in general. Yes. I was telling someone yesterday. For example, I'll drop some of those references in the middle of a Clipper game yes, or I'll call it to Zubac Zupac, and yes. try to do something like, you know. And I chuckle I every time fun. you do
0: it, yes. Of course.
1: You know, <laughs> I just want to have fun during the broadcast. But right. if it's the fourth quarter and the Clippers are down by two, we're going to get down to business.
0: Of course. The,
1: the thing with this game was it was meant to be that fun, uh, very just easy, digestible type of broadcast from start to finish. And so it allowed all of us to just be ourselves and show our personality. And for me and Nate, it allowed us to just be big kids, which we really like to do. And that's almost our natural disposition. (laughs) And so uh, I think we were put in a good position. Our crew was really good, really, really good, top-level crew. And they put us in really good positions to just go out there and be us. So when you've got all that and all the pieces get put in the right place, then our jobs are easy.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm gonna be the first one to say it. Well not the first one, but I'ma say it. There should be a hell of a lot more of those. Honestly. It would <laughs> yeah. it would be so much fun to sit back on a Sunday and watch a random game and, and, and called on Nickelodeon by you you and everyone else. It was a lot of fun to watch. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, even the, the the effects with the slime in the end zone, like, I was like, that's pretty damn cool, man. Like, I actually got giddy about it, and I'm 44 years old, man. Seriously. No,
1: and you're not alone. Like, there's no shame in admitting that you like a little slime. I thought I was going to be get, getting slime. Like, I thought you were, too. Was, so, it was, it was supposed to happen. It was going to happen. And then there were some, some last-minute things that happened. One of them was Sean Payton. The Saints coach asked to get it. Asked to get the slot. yes. That was so they cool. brought that bucket down. It was great. I don't know why he didn't take his elevens off. Uh, that, I, mean, I, I was thinking been, the
0: same thing.
1: Yeah, like, what are you doing? Well, I was wearing. So I was wearing fours. So I was a little concerned. I was like,
2: <laughs> ah,
1: oh, okay. Like, I, I'm gonna hope that it just ends up okay. Like, right. You know, I'm not trying to buy a new pair of fours. These
2: were expensive.
1: But uh, well, well Sean so Payton has shocked. a little
0: money, you know, he has a well, little money. Not only up. that.
1: Not only that, someone told me yesterday he's an ambassador for Jordan, so ah. yeah, he just gets whatever he wants.
0: Yeah, he just like, makes a can, phone call. Can you
1: can you imagine being a, an ambassador for Jordan? That's man. like the that's like the perfect partnership.
0: Absolutely, you get all the free swag, man. Like make a phone call, like hey, uh, yeah. you know, I need uh, some Elevens this week. We got you, man. Overnight, <laughs> exactly. yeah, we got you.
1: <laughs> Boy, I always I always say it, and this just could be because of my personal choice and style, but. Right. If you're if you're a big time NBA prospect and you're not necessarily going to sign a huge shoe deal, but Jordan gives you the opportunity to sign with them. How are you not doing that in a blink of an eye? Man. I mean, what? <laughs> right. I don't know what you're doing.
0: <laughs> I, I, I have no idea why somebody wouldn't do it. So switching gears a little bit. Um, our day job, the Clippers. Yes. <laughs> um shocked that the game you missed you know usually those 12 one o'clock starts are never good for them but the last game they played man Kawhi Leonard went off and I'm sitting here thinking I know Noah's having a good time but if he was here man he'd be hyped as hell uh covering this game so yeah you know what are your thoughts on how the Clippers are doing so far this season
1: yeah, it's a work in progress. I think everybody right now in the NBA is a work in progress. I think that's yes. honestly part of the intrigue of this season is because it's so different and, and put together by loose parts and so quick with the turnaround. Everybody's trying to figure themselves out and what's their identity. Right. And so we don't really see any team fully pulling away. Everybody is, uh-huh. is beating up on each other. Right. And you'll see random results every night where you're like, really, that happened? Because <laughs> yes. It's so early, and a lot of these teams are still new to each other. Even the Lakers, who win the title last year, they have a completely revamped roster, and they're still learning how to play with each other. You've got Miami, who's got a a bunch of new pieces. They're learning how to play with each other. Mm -hmm. So even these teams, Denver, they lose a couple key pieces, so they're now learning how on the defensive end they can be better. I, I just think everybody, no matter how successful they were last year, there are so many new faces around the league and with the quick turnaround, the lack of training camp and preseason, it's hard. It's hard to just turn that around yeah. and be ready to go and hit the ground running. And so the Clippers I think have done as well as anybody in showing their highs have been higher than pretty much anybody. I, they're, they're starting five as the best net rating in the NBA by a large margin. They're the best offensive and defensive unit in the NBA by far. Not even, it's not close, like Absolutely. literally not close. Yes. So that's just what the numbers say, at least. And so when you've got that, you're already saying, OK, our, our, core, our core rotation is in a good spot. Now the question becomes, how can we develop the rest of the rotation? And I think Teron is doing a good job of mixing and matching until he mm-hmm. finds the right groups. And it seems like on Sunday, he found more of the right groups and figuring out, OK, that second unit, there's a lot of talent there but they don't necessarily play well together as a whole unit. They're defensively uh, struggling a little bit as right. a whole unit. So he said, okay, how can we mix and match some of the starters with some of the second unit to make sure we've got enough defense and offense at the same time? And so they, while Zach Levine did have 45 points, oh my gosh, they he went found, off. <laughs> right? They found a way. Uh, offensively they looked fantastic and as you mentioned Kawhi took over PG still did his thing and I thought Lou Williams finally looked more like Lou Williams and that to me it's so so important for him to be him and that's where that was really the one area they were missing I was like man Lou is just doesn't look like himself but he finally did and I think that's going to be more of a sign of things to come because T. Lou is starting to realize okay wait I think Lou likes it more like this or he plays better with him. Right. And that is vital to the success of the team.
0: Wrapping it up here with Noah Eagle, Clippers play-by-play broadcaster and good friend of mine, friend of the show, friend of the Big Brother Jake podcast. Always, always <laughs> good, friend top, good top, friend. top level fan. Yes. you you're damn right. So here's the question I get asked all the time, but it's different for me because I don't have to talk during the show or the broadcast. What's it like? For you to broadcast in front of an empty arena and have to describe <laughs> everything that's going on. Because you and I both, you know, we feed off those fans. We get hyped when we see a big shot. We, we've done that. But we don't yep. have that anymore. So how do you handle not getting the fan reaction yet calling a game as if the building is at capacity?
1: You have to bring the energy yourself, which you know. I think both of us do anyway. Oh yeah, I think it's <laughs> funny. I think both of us are really the most hype people in there. We anyway, are. We stand
0: know? up and like, oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. We're we're chilling, and everybody else is just there to do their thing. Right. We're, we're, we're getting into it. We're really into it. We are. And so and so that helps because especially on radio, you have to remember: I'm eyes, ears, mouth, nose, yes. I'm everything
0: for yes. people. They, uh-huh. They're
1: They're wherever, they're in their car, they're at their home, if they're streaming it, whatever it might be. And so I need to make sure that part of that includes the energy factor. And I need to explain, I need to convey Mm -hmm. the energy of the game. And so I I just, I treat it like there is a crowd. It's hard because the crowd naturally provides energy for you. You can feed off of what it's providing. You can feed off of the, the energy and the feeling in the arena. Uh, so without it, it's definitely different. It's just another reminder of, okay, just go be you and pretend there is a crowd. They they have the fake crowd noise, but mm-hmm. when a play – you know when a big play happens. Oh, I think yeah. that's, the, that's the biggest thing to remember, and people, I'm sure, are like, yeah, of course. But it's easier said than done because in a crowd environment, you can hear that crowd building. Yes. And so you know, and then it explodes so you'll really know on a big play. But now you have to use your best judgment. And I think that for us, we've watched enough basketball over time to know, yeah. all right, yeah, that was that was special right there. That was a, a really hard thing to do. And Kawhi just did or Paul George just did. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's part of it. The other, I would say, challenge that comes along is when I have to look down. Usually I can rely on the crowd that if they do start building, I need to look up quickly mm-hmm. because something's about to happen. Now I've been using less of my prep work and stats because I need to be laser focused on the game because I have no idea if something's building because right. I've got no crowd to rely on. That's the biggest challenge now because I, I like to try to weave in, especially early in the game, to set the scene stats or mm-hmm. storylines or whatever, quotes, and I'm doing a, a slightly less of that, I would say, slightly less of those are getting in because I need to be more focused on what's happening in front of me at all times.
0: See, and and that's the thing that people don't realize, you know, the crowd plays a big part in any kind of game, you know, whether it's a broadcast, whether it's you're there in the arena, you know, and and you feel momentum switch. So it's a very underrated thing. And I think you handle it very well, Noah. I really do. And I'm not just saying that because you're you you, obliged to do the the podcast today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, Jake. I do.
0: And I have one last question for you. And a lot of people ask, especially my close friends, how do you tolerate me? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just i zone in on the game that's it i just yes. i just really try to ice you out <laughs> no <laughs> kidding
0: <laughs> tolerate please <laughs> Playoffs? playoff don't talk about playoff
1: <laughs> no man it, i i look forward to sitting next to you every game truly truly yeah, hey, you make <laughs> it you make it that much more fun and like i said my favorite parts of the broadcaster are, are getting you to chuckle on my right.
0: <laughs> you, do, you do it a lot, though. I mean, some things, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, I, I love to laugh, but y- your references and everything are, are top notch. So I'm there, like, laughing, trying not to be heard on the, on the broadcast, but I have a loud laugh. So you, you keep me entertained. So I know if I'm entertained, everyone else is entertained. <laughs> And, and, and you were able to make history and entertain the masses on Nickelodeon. So now that you're a mega star, I hope that you return my calls. And, and, and you know, <laughs> I can look you in the eye, you know, because when Brian Seaman was on the radio, I couldn't even look him in the eye. You know, I had to look the other way, you know. Ah, uh, so. Yeah.
1: Well, you couldn't eat peanut butter. I'll tell you that. Absolutely you were, not. He does he not was, like he was, smells. He was, no, he's, no he, he's not allergic to it. He's just he, he can't handle the smell of peanut butter which makes no sense that's crazy it's a smell of childhood. Yes. Is he saying he hated childhood? Because <laughs> that's that's sad. We need to talk to him.
0: We do. I think I'm gonna make him like a peanut butter cake and just leave it there one day.
1: Oh yeah, he would not like that. He would be. <laughs> he'd, he'd, probably, he'd be out.
0: Yeah, next day, like an hour later, I'd be outside the building looking for work. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, Brian would never do nah, it. Brian, but... it, Brian's the best. We he's, love he's Brian. Another one. We love. Yes, Brian. he's another. He's another one that makes it fun. Being there, absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. no, I'm looking forward to being back. Like I said, I, I do, I do miss it when I'm not there. Although it's yes. very rare. Uh, right. but Sunday, I did miss not being in Staples with you guys. Yeah, a good reason. Yeah, a good reason. And
0: <laughs> I appreciate
1: it, but still did miss it. uh So it'll feel feel right back at home on Wednesday. Let's put it that
0: way. Looking forward to it, Noah. Thank you for coming on the uh, Big Brother Jake podcast, and hopefully, you get to do more games for Nickelodeon. That would be great, man. I, I would hope
1: that this can continue. We really did have a great time. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds.
0: All right, Noah. Thanks for coming on, brother. I always appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you later on to this week. So, And I'm not going to waste any more time. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Brother Jake podcast. Uh, special shout-out to uh, Dr. Draper. <laughs> the great Tommy Lasorda, Rest in Paradise, and Blue Heaven, Dodger Blue Heaven. And the great Noah Eagle that you just heard right now. Um, Very appreciative to uh, everyone that's listening and supported and has spread the word. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and land this plane right now. And uh, next week, tune in. I got some surprises for you, a.k.a. I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. (laughs) So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and say, wait for it. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.